Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. We roll along here live from New York, back in my studio this morning on ESPN Radio. We're on TV on ESPN News. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Going to go live down to the bubble in a second. Mark Spears is there. Got the very latest on Giannis. That's a shame. I mean, it's just terrible. I mean, you never want to see an injury have that kind of impact on um, on a playoff series like this. I, I don't think they were going to win anyway. But it's a shame to see Giannis get in that kind of situation. Then we're going to have Graziano here on some football. Marley Rivera with a little baseball. And then I have unsolicited advice for America's team. All that on the way before Jeff Saturday joins me here. Two and a half days from the kickoff of the NFL season. It's It's an extraordinary juncture. It's what we've been waiting for. 173 days ago was the last time I did a show from the South Street Seaport Studios, uh, which is where I normally work and do the TV show Get Up every morning, and we were back in it today. That's where I am right now, and it feels great to be here, Um, not just because I love it here, but it just feels like another step back. I don't expect it to feel that way for you. It doesn't matter to you where you're listening to me from, where I am, but it matters to me. I think we've all had those moments, those little milestones where you say to yourself, that feels normal. That feels a lot more like the world I've always lived in than this one we've been in since the middle of March. That's how I have felt all day today. So if I sound particularly upbeat and excited, it's because I am. And I'm delighted to be here. And I feel very lucky to have this in my life and, and, and to be back doing this work that I love in this place that I love. And we've got a lot of sports to talk about, and we're going to do it. Let's start by going live to the bubble. The undefeated's Mark Spears is on the Shell Pennzoil performance line with all eyes, ears, and otherwise on Giannis Antetokounmpo and his ankle. Mark, thanks as always. What do we know about Giannis as of right now? Oh, shoot. I think it's going to be a game-time decision. Um, you know, I, when I think about him, um, I think about last year, and he had the the injury situation, and I just uh, hope that you know, he's, he's able to try. Uh, I'm sure there's some motivation from last year not to, to get out at this time, but then when you really, really think about it, is it worth it? Um, but me and you, Greeny, we're old school dudes, right? Like, I I think about uh, Isaiah Thomas on one leg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, yes. I, I think of him making the shots and him willing them to victory. And, and also, we had to give respect to um, – Chris Middleton. Um, I I kind of like saw him as yeah you know just a quiet all star. Is he really that that good of a player? Well, last game, uh, the way he played, now nah, he's clearly a superstar in this league, and kind of saw that he's been, you know, giving it up to Giannis to let him do his thing. But if uh, Chris Middleton can do what he did last game, regardless of what happens with Giannis, uh, I see him. Um, you know, still making the Bucks a, a factor against Miami. Chris Middleton with 36 points, a career playoff high Sunday in a game in which they lost Giannis early in the second quarter. Now, for those who don't know, what Mark is talking about is a game that Isaiah, one of the most famous games ever, Isaiah Thomas game six of the 1988 NBA Finals on one leg, single-handedly kept his team in a game against the Lakers that they would ultimately lose, and then they lost the series in seven. But Isaiah, if you didn't already respect the, the heck out of him, you certainly did after that. We brought that up on TV this morning, Mark, but then um, Stephen A. brought up, was it Stephen A. or Richard? I can't remember now, but someone then brought up Grant Hill. Actually, it was Steve. It was Stephen A. who brought up Grant Hill and said Grant Hill once upon a time had an ankle, 
and he insisted on playing on into the playoffs, and he was basically never the same again. Is that something you would well, be concerned well, about? Well, here's the thing I'll say about that. Yeah. This is what I do respect to my, my brother, Stephen A. Um, yeah, the injury was tough, but if you go ask Grant Hill about it, he blames the doctor for having surgery that he didn't need. Mm. So whoever had, you know, the doctor that uh, he's lucky right now that Grant Hill didn't sue him back then because he found out later that that surgery was unnecessary and rest could have got him where he needed to be. So yeah, that was an injury that led to a surgery, but it was a surgery that didn't need to happen. And if that surgery didn't happen, maybe we're not even mentioning this. Fair enough. Let's not even sidetrack ourselves with that. Let's get to the really important thing. Which is, you know how this works. You're an NBA insider. And if the Bucks lose tonight, you know that every talk show in America will be calling you tomorrow to ask you the question. <laughs> Mark Spears, what is Giannis's future now that the Bucks have had a second consecutive disappointing ending in the playoffs? Well, you know what? I, I was um, on the radio back home in the Bay this morning. And they're like talking about him being in a Warriors uniform. Then you hear the people in Toronto talk about a Toronto uniform, you know. But I, I kind of think it's like a situation where it's tough, like when KD was with OKC, Durant was with OKC. Like, you, you got to exhaust everything, man. I, I wouldn't trade him. Um, I, I would bring him in, and to me, I think Laz Reed or the, the ownership of the Bucks need to bring him in privately and say, okay, what do we need to do to make you happy? Well, so the question Do you want to be here? Like, yeah. I, ask some real questions. Ask some honest questions, some face-to-face questions, and, and see what he says. And um, to me, he's he's an icon, you know, like whatever you need to do to make him happy, you do. I'm with and you. And so I, if I'm the Bucks, I'm not giving him up to nobody. Right. And, and, and then the question becomes, can he recruit another player? It's Chris Middleton again. He had a very good game on Sunday, but yeah. for whatever reason – they're not able to get over the hump as they are currently constituted. And in their rearview mirror, yeah. coming from coming on a million miles an hour from Brooklyn, are Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So it's not getting any easier in the no, Eastern Conference. No so can they go out and get him somebody? And if so, who is that somebody? Yeah, you know what? It's, um, I, I don't know that they need another superstar. I think they just need more complimentary players. And also, I, I think they need to fine-tune what he does. Uh, like, one thing I noticed, you know, this past game that brought him more success was starting off in the post. Same with Brooke Lopez. Like, it, it uh, kind of drives me nuts how many players are, like, just motivated to shoot threes now. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you're seven feet tall. Go, as my coach used to tell me back in the day, boy, big boy, take your butt in the post, man. <laughs> what you doing out here? Like, I'd like to see him do more of that until he becomes more confident in the three-point shot. Because that, that's just not a shot right now. But when he's in the post, like, I think the way Giannis could could be better for the team is to make others better. And perhaps doing it through the post with all the shooters that he has um, could be the way to do it. But, I mean, in terms of free agents, you know, may, maybe Mike uh, Mike Conley or Goran Dragic, like a you know a, a veteran point guard added to this team, uh, could help some more. I know they got Blesso and I know they got George Hill, but I don't know. Joe Harris is unrestricted; doesn't hurt to add another shooter. 
But I, I don't know that they need another superstar. I just think they just need more talent to go with them. We'll see. Maybe tonight they prolong the season with or without him. I know as soon as there's any news on Giannis down there, you'll have it for us. Thank you, Mark. It's always a pleasure. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, brother. It's Mark Spears with me on the Shell Penzo performance line from the NBA to the NFL. Again, this is Tuesday. The season kicks off Thursday night. My buddy Dan Graziano is with me on the Shell Penzo performance line, our NFL insider extraordinaire. And again, my compliments and congratulations to Dan Graziano. If you were watching us this morning and you had the same thought I did, which is, boy, Dan looks thin. It is because Dan told me he lost 32 pounds during this pandemic so far. Dan, congratulations. Well, thanks. Yeah, it feels good. It's, uh, you know, something good came out of it for us. So that's, uh, that's what it is. I feel better than I felt in a long time. It's all that walking you've been doing. Dan and I live very near each other. And one day, my daughter Nikki and I are out for a walk. And I, as I'm walking down this road, I think to myself, I think that's Dan Graziano walking towards me. Yeah. And sure enough, it was. Yeah, that was. I think that was early on too, right when we were just starting to do the walking. So yeah, that was uh, that was the last time we saw each other in person until today. So that was uh, the beginning. Crazy. That was the beginning. So Dan and I ran. I'll just tell yeah. you a quick story. Dan and I ran into each other outside the building this morning as we were walking in together, and we were remembering we were both here together in mid March. And I remember leaving here thinking to myself, boy, I could be gone a couple of weeks. Who knows what this thing is going to be? None of us had any idea what was about to befall us in life. Uh, And I opened this hour, Dan, and and the show today by talking about just how how grateful and blessed, honestly, I feel to be back here and to do this work and and, and to be able – if, if I needed a renewed sense of appreciation for it, I have it. So let's let's get to business here. Um, this is a big week around the NFL, a bunch of signings and thing like, things like that. While I'm live here, I think I feel like I'm seeing stuff with DeAndre Hopkins. We had the thing with Alvin Kamara. Catch everybody up on what's going on with that before the season kicks off Thursday. Yeah, teams and players don't really like to negotiate extensions during the season. A lot of people feel like it distracts from what they're trying to do. So you do see a lot of these get done right here before the season starts. And, and Adam Schefter reporting this morning that Kamara and the Saints are close. We see DeAndre Hopkins get something done with uh, the, uh, the Cardinals. I almost said the Texans. With the Cardinals, um, Kareem Hunt from the Browns is tweeting or Instagramming that he's signed an extension with the Browns. So, yeah, I think you'll see more of these over the next couple of days. I, I think Kenny Galladay is probably the next big receiver to get paid. The one I'm watching, though, is Dalvin Cook, because that negotiation has been a roller coaster. And, uh, you know, you'd think it would get done, but it's taken some weird turns. So if it doesn't get done, you wonder what that means for Cook and the Vikings in their season. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see a few more. Jalen Ramsey with the Rams, you know, a couple a couple more. We've got Dan Graziano with me. You, you know, my unsolicited advice for all those running backs, for Dalvin Cook, for Alvin Kamara, for any of them, don't go anywhere near the field till you get your money. Your entire lot in life is to get used up by these teams. Get your money before you show up there. They'll, they'll need you. They'll come down to Cabo and get you. Just ask Zeke Elliott how that worked out yeah, for him. No kidding. Let me get three more with you quickly here while I have you. Sort of quickies. Uh, we talked about it this morning on TV. Cam Newton in New England. We have no idea what it's going to look like on Sunday. That's part of the advantage they have. You will be at the game Sunday in Foxborough. What do you expect Cam and the Patriots to be? I, I think they're going to run the ball like crazy, honestly. Like, I mean, I, I think it's uh, Baltimore is the favorite to lead the league in rushing. They, they seem determined to do that every year now. But given where the Patriots' strengths lie, you know, the running back group, even though the, the Damian Harris, the young guys banged up, the quarterback can run, 
I just think it's all going to work off of that for the Patriots. And then ideally for them, one of the young receivers develops. You know, they took Nikhil Harry in the first round last year. He didn't do much in his rookie year, Um, you know, so as that develops. But I think you'll see them lean on what Cam does well, and that has always worked off of his ability to run and his ability to get the ball to his playmakers in space. And when you talk about New England, you know, you're talking about guys like James White and Rex Burkhead and maybe Sony Michelle. So I think they're going to try and run it down the Dolphins' throats. All right. The next one, of course, is that fellow who used to play in New England and, and had some success there, and that would be Tom Brady. We, we talk, obviously have talked so much about him basically since the moment he left New England and signed in Tampa, and we've watched just a, a parade of players signing to go down there with him. I, are you cautioned this morning that when you try and mix all those pieces up in the NFL, it usually doesn't work, and you are obviously right. But the people that you talk to every single day around the NFL, what seems to be the consensus expectation for Brady and the Bucks? Well, I think people expect them to be a good team and, and possibly a playoff team. Uh, you know, they're in a tough division. That's what we are talking about this morning, right? Like, who's going to win that division? And the Saints have been an excellent team for a while now and, and are bringing back basically the same group again. So I favor them over a team we haven't seen play together yet. But, I mean, I'm talking to people who've seen Brady practice, I mean, you can almost hear people on the phone shaking their heads like, he looks great. Like, like I don't understand it. Like, how is he 43 years old and he still uh, looks the way he looks out there? So I, I'm not putting anything past this guy in terms of, um, you know, his ability to deliver at a high level with, you know, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Gronk back with him and all this stuff. So, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think they're going to be good. I, I'm interested to see how the defense holds up in the offensive line, as we talked about this morning. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Brady and Tampa, it seems like all systems go so far. Greeny and Dan Graziano, my NFL insider with me here, are presented by Progressive Insurance. One more. I talked a little earlier here on this show about the Bears' decision to go with Mitchell Trubisky over Nick Foles, I said it was the right one primarily because it is the one that can be unmade. If you decide to go with Foles and you and you bench Trubisky, to me, that's a decision you can't unmake. I think you lose him at that point forever. We all know that, that Foles can come in, so I think this is the one that kicks the can a little bit down the road. What was the reaction you heard around the league when that decision was made? I think people saw it as, as kind of a failure on Foles' part, and I'm not sure that's entirely fair because – you know, one of the things the Bears coaching staff hoped the acquisition of Foles would do is kind of light a fire under Trubisky, and they feel like it did. Like, the way he operated throughout training camp, they believe represents a guy who's newly motivated and newly focused. And, you know, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, so he's free agent after this year. Uh, their ideal situation would be he has a monster year and they have all kinds of success, and they're, and they're happy to pay him. So if he can continue his training camp performance into the season – a, that would be the first time, uh, but B, hmm. it would also it would it would put them in a position where they feel like maybe they can go forward with this guy as an option for starting quarterback. So I think you're right. I mean, Foles in the backup role, we know what that's like. Trubisky in a backup role might be dejected and upset and and, and shut down. I don't know, uh, but uh, yeah, I think it's I, I think it's it's the it's the right call based on what I understand to have been the guy who who performed the best in training camp. Uh, is, the teammates are familiar with. Et cetera, et cetera. Danny, it was fun today. Good to see you, and I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Dan Graziano with me. And don't forget, with the NFL basically about to start, ESPN's Fantasy Football is around the corner. You can do it right now. Draft your team, compete with friends, take home the crown, sign up at ESPN.com slash 
fantasy football today. So we go through the basketball, we go through the football. Next stop is baseball, where my friend Marley Rivera is with us here on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. And Marley, I want to ask you the question that everyone is walking up to me and asking, and I'm busy with so many things, I don't have the answer, and you will. And I will phrase it exactly the way it's being phrased to me. What the heck is going on with the Yankees, and how is it possible they might be about to miss the playoffs? Well, this is the moment where you really have to take a hard look in the mirror, right? The fact that the Yankees woke up this morning uh, 21-20, and 20, and number eight out of eight, Greeny, in the AL playoff race, I think that a lot of people would be extremely surprised uh, at this team, right, that hit all those home runs, those 40 home runs, and that great streak uh, of going 16-6 and six, uh, to start off the season that were already penciled in as the number one power team, and now look where they are, losing and giving up 10 runs in an inning in Buffalo. Yeah, it's a mess. And and before the season began, I'm sitting there on TV and I'm talking to Mark yeah. Teixeira and Jeff Passan, <laughs> and they're talking about how the Dodgers and Yankees are prohibitive favorites oh. and can anyone play with either of them? What's gone wrong? Well, the problem is that it's not a one thing. And, and we all know that when there's a really big debacle, you know, people really want to find one single culprit. And in this case, there isn't one. And there really is. And last year, people were like, oh, you know, it's all the injuries this year. You know what? The Yankees broke the record of injuries last year. They had 30 players on the injured list, which broke the record. Of the uh, Actually, the Dodgers had set a couple of years before, and they were two games away from the World Series. So you can't really you know, use that excuse. And if we really think about it, no other team has been hit more by injuries than the AL East leading Tampa Bay Rays. Mm-hmm. So it isn't about the injuries. It isn't Gary Sanchez's fault. It isn't, but what's happened is that the injuries compounded with the bullpen imploding at the same time, they're not hitting with runners in scoring position. And of course the power bats dying. So it was basically a perfect storm. And Marla, let me ask you one more thing. And it's sort of a nuanced thought, but you know, baseball was among the first sports, the major team sports to try and work its way hmm. back. And we saw all of the ups and downs and they were very well-documented and not always so pretty financially as they were trying to get back. But then they came back and there have been these outbreaks and all the rest of that. Yes. It feels like almost all of the conversation about that has gone away. How would you describe the degree to which they have settled into a place where they are comfortable, they feel confident in what they are doing, and they feel certain that they can get through this season? I think it's important both for baseball fans and fans, I guess, of, of the football season that's about to begin as well. Well, I'm going to be very honest, and I don't think that comfort is there, which is the reason why Major League Baseball has discussed, and it's very likely that there's going to be a postseason bubble. I mean, if we just look at the numbers right now, mm-hmm. of the amount of canceled uh, games or postponed games, I should say, uh, to correct myself, you know, it, it's a whole bunch. I mean, some people have had 14, 11, 9, and then, you know, at this point, you know, you're going to have to go on, you know, on winning percentage more than, you know, all these teams playing 60 games, which means... You have no confidence, you know, at this point that you can have a postseason outside a bubble. So, of course, they have been into the protocols. They're doing well. The testing is going well at this point. And no postponements have been necessary as of lately. But we don't know. You know, if, you know what, Grady, if we've learned anything from this virus is that we know nothing, right? right. And that things uh, change very quickly. And Major League Baseball will be very, very well served by a postseason bubble. Oh, I to- that part of it, I totally agree with. Marley, thank you so much for doing this. It's a pleasure to talk to you again. I haven't seen you in a long time. I'm glad that you're well, and we will uh, we'll do this again soon. That's Marley Rivera, Baseball Insider, and we try and do that for you here in this spot as frequently as we can. We'll go around a bunch of different sports and get some insight into a variety of different things that have happened and just catch you up on what feel like the most important events 
and get some insight for you in a variety of different sports as we do those. Uh, it was a, an amazing sports. Well, amazing is not always the right word. Uh, there were some individual sports stories that I want to touch on as well here. The thing that happened with Novak Djokovic, I'll get to coming up here towards the end of this hour. I have a lot of thoughts on that. Dustin Johnson won $15 million this weekend playing golf. When I think of all the money that I spend to play golf, the idea of someone giving me $15 million and me getting to play golf along the way just sounds about as good as life can possibly be. So fun to be had there. I have unsolicited advice for the Dallas Cowboys and my friend Jeff Saturday will jump in live here. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is a perfect opportunity for you to try some active listening. Unsolicited advice. I have some unsolicited advice from Mike McCarthy, Jerry Jones, and the Dallas Cowboys. They don't need advice from me, but I'm going to give it to them anyway. Guys... You've got Zeke Elliott on your team. Use him. You're paying him a fortune. You didn't have to. Use him. Ride Zeke. I've got numbers. 2016, Zeke Elliott led the NFL in rushing. The Cowboys won the division. 2018, Zeke Elliott led the NFL in rushing. The Cowboys won the division. And you know why? Because not only does Zeke Elliott make your offense better, but more importantly, he makes your defense better. You were paying all this money to your quarterback now, and you're drafting your receiver, and you want to have three 1,000-yard receivers. You know what comes along with having three receivers who got 1,000 yards and catches? A lot of three and outs. You know what that means? It means your defense is on the field a lot, and they're not built for that. Few are. Ride Zeke. The Dallas Cowboys want to win the division and make a deep playoff run this year. Ride your best player. That's what Zeke Elliott is. Cooper is good. Lamb is supposed to be great. Gallup is good. I love Dak. The best player on the Cowboys is Ezekiel Elliott. Give him the football. I never have to tell an offensive lineman that they should run the ball. Let me bring one of those into the conversation. Jeff Saturday is with me on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gas. Jeff, that's my advice to the Cowboys. What do you think? I don't think you've ever been smarter. I mean, this is unbelievable, man. <laughs> I mean, it, when I hear you, I just get excited to hear you even say it. Because I couldn't be more sold out to what you're saying. If you think about Zeke Elliott, you think about complimentary football, and you described it to perfection. When Ezekiel Elliott runs the rock, you win the division both years. Why? Because your defense, they end up being third in the league, but really 13 in drives, right? So so they look better than they really are. When you start to throw it and, and fall in love with all the flashy, shiny new toys that are out there, we're getting yards for receivers. We're putting our defense out on that field for a long time. What happens? They get exposed. We lose tighter football games. 
you saw what happened last year, right? They go to play Philly. Who's going to be in the playoffs? They don't, they don't give the ball. It doesn't matter how good your quarterback is. It is much easier to shut that portion of the game down. When they can, they can get behind pads, play smash-mouth football, You've seen it. I mean, Swagoo said it best today. He was, when he was with the Cowboys, he said Larry Allen, by the way, who, who should have his own separate Hall of Fame, <laughs> gives this little trucker pull, you know what I mean, where everybody's getting excited and getting fired up. That meant nobody could stop the Cowboys' offensive line and that rushing attack. That's exactly what the Cowboys need to stick to. I hope they all get 1,000 yards receiving. But that's after Zeke Elliott gets his yards if you want to win this division. Jeff Saturday is with me on ESPN Radio. I just saw this quote. Jenna Lane, who covers the Buccaneers for us, just posted this from Leonard Fournette, and I, I am one who believes that the Bucs are going to be great and that Fournette was a magnificent signing. I'm just going to read this to you. I assume you haven't seen it yet, Jeff. This just came out, and I just want your immediate reaction to it. Leonard Fournette said of joining Tom Brady, quote, for the first time in my life, I really have a quarterback. What do you think of him saying that? Wow. I mean, listen, you, you know what I think about it. There's no surprise. He's a culture changer, man. I mean, he changes the dynamic of your building. He changes your organization. When he walks down the hallway, everything changes. And, and you know, you heard uh, LaShawn McCoy say this. You've heard Evans now say this. Now you're hearing Fournette say this. Uh, you know, I, I played with one who was just like it, right? I played Peyton Manning. And I'm telling you, when he walked in the building, there was a different, there was a different level of accountability. There's a different level of, of, of uh, teamwork, what that means, what the expectations for everybody is. Again, from, from your, your, your equipment guys to your trainers to your coaches, everybody is called to a higher degree of responsibility. And when you get with a guy like that, it energizes you, man, because you, you understand as much as you're going to give, this guy's going to give the same or more, right? And he's the guy that, that, that's the face of the franchise. I mean, heck, Brady, he, you could say he's the, he's the face of the league. I mean, you know what I mean? You can go all the way that far. But I, I love to hear young guys because he's going to see what it really should look like. Like, what does a guy, what is a guy who comes in every day and this type of preparation? Now, is he the same guy he was 10 years ago? I'm not getting into that argument. But that leadership ability, man. It, it, I'm telling you, it sets itself apart, and it's awesome to be a part of. Now, you've mentioned that before about Peyton, of course, and I know how close you and he are. I'm curious, like, what does that look like? How does he demand that? Was that something, does Peyton, is that just understood because of how hard he works? Is that, oh, no. is that tell, no, tell me no, about no, it. No, no. Oh, yeah, it'll, it'll be a call-out, right? So you, you'd be in a meeting, and, uh, you know, he'd have the, the pointer, right? So he has a little laser clicker. And so if you're in an offensive meeting, and he would ask guys, you know, he would, he would point something and ask a question. And the worst thing that you could do was try to kind of, kind of, kind of gloss over it if you didn't know the answer because he would dress you down. And that's player or coach, right? If he'd ask a coach, hey, uh, you know, running back coach, what, what are we going to do for protection here? What's his read going to be? He's going to be stepping the A-gap and scan, and all of a sudden the guy kind of, ah, oh, well, he could do this. No, no, no. We want precision, right? And, and what you loved about it was that, it, it, the the level of detail that went into every conversation. There was no mixed words. It was never personal. It was always, we all got to be on the same page. I saw Brady when they were doing some clips earlier this year, uh, Greeny, and it was he was showing a, a receiver how to come out of his break. And I don't know if it was Evans or if it was uh, O.J. Howard. couldn't tell. You know, it's kind of one of those far-off shots, right? But you could see him kind of coming in that little slot and then bursting out and flashing his hands. 
I can I, I saw it a million times in Indy, right? It was is is Peyton would go over there and run the route for Marv or for Reggie, and as unathletic as both those guys are, <laughs> it's almost comedy watching them, right? But they they want that you know they're telling him, hey, when you hit this step, this is the separation I'm looking for, and I'm going to put the ball right here. And you would go to fast forward to Sunday, and you would literally watch it play out. And so it's not just the talk, man. It is literally. From start to finish, they go through everything and make sure everybody's on the same page. And then they drive you to greatness, man, because they won't accept mediocrity. If a guy's not going to get it done or if he's loafing or if he's not there, he's going to call it out because you know that guy's not going to be doing the same thing. And so for another you – know, I was a leader on my, on my team. It makes it easier for you to lead because you know that there's somebody else who's marching to the same drum, right? Like, like everybody's going in the same direction – and, man, I'm just telling you, it's, it's a different feel, uh, and I, I'm, I'm so fired up to hear young guys explain the way it makes them feel. Greeny and Jeff Saturday presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive's home quote explorer is changing the way you buy home insurance. Now you can go online, get a custom quote, save both time and money. Learn more at Progressive.com. Uh, Jeff, the Chiefs have the best young quarterback maybe ever. They've got 10 of 11 starters coming back on defense. They have practically everybody coming back on offense. Plus, they drafted a really good running back. Their head coach is back. The offensive coordinator is back. The defensive coordinator is back. Is there any reason to believe they don't become the first team in 16 years to win back-to-back? No, I I don't think there is. I mean, when you look at this, and listen, I played against the last one to do it, right, being the Patriots. And, you know, the Colts-Patriots rivalry couldn't have been more intense back in those, and they knocked us out of the AFC championship game. They knocked us out of the playoffs. So I, I had a front and, you know, front and center seat for these things. The continuity that the Chiefs have is just unparalleled. You just named it, right? 10 out of 11 on the defensive side. All they've done is add, you know, in, in the, on the offensive side. They're keeping their coaches. They're, I mean, it's just how they're doing it and that guys like Mahomes are willing to help the team. And I know that sounds crazy when you're talking about a half a billion dollars. But it's so team-friendly that you can get all these other guys signed. Their offensive line is staying fairly intact. Like, yeah, I mean, I know one opted out, but you're looking at a team that it's hard to bet against a team that was, is as explosive as they are with a shortened offseason, all the things that are going in. I mean, it's just hard for me to think that anybody can unseat these guys, right? I mean, away from an injury, I just think this is the deepest team and the strongest team in the league. Jeff Saturday, terrific to see you this morning, and I will see you a little later in the week as the football season gets underway. Thank you, my friend. Had a blast. Appreciate it, brother. All right, there's Jeff Saturday with me here as we continue on ESPN Radio. Coming up next, a decision that should have been avoided at all costs. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio here. Before we wrap up for the day, a few things I'd like to mention. One of them is we have fascinating stats. They're brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. 
And for today's fascinating stat, I call on my buddy Hembo, who was a researcher for me back with, on Mike and Mike and then came to Get Up, and now one of our producers on Get Up. And when I did my unsolicited advice this morning and then did it again here on how the Cowboys need to run Zeke Elliott, he gave me some outstanding stats to back up those views. And here is what it is. Zeke led the NFL in rushing in 2016-2018. Not only did the Cowboys win the division both years, but in those two seasons, Dallas ranked third in time of possession. They ranked third in scoring defense per game, but 13th in scoring defense per drive. That's the value of Zeke. If you keep giving the other team the ball, if you're Dallas, you stop stopping them. Teams score on you. They just never get the football. That's what Zeke is. And that's why it is better to win with Zeke than it is to win with Dak. This is not in any way a referendum on Dak. I love him. I think he's terrific. I can't believe they didn't sign him to a long-term deal. And he's going to wind up getting the last laugh because over this two-year stretch, he's going to wind up making almost $70 million, and then he'll sign a contract. So he's fine. And they've got Gallup, and they've got Cooper, and now they've got C.D. Lamb. All that's well and good. But you don't need three and outs when your defense is your weakness. You need to keep them fresh. So run the football with Zeke. And now you know why. Fascinating stance. Again, brought to you by DraftKings. Uh, there's something that happened this weekend that I really wanted to mention. Tennis is near and dear to my heart. I know you might not care about it that much. The numbers suggest a lot of people don't anymore. It's my favorite sport. <clears throat> Pardon me, growing up. This is a bad moment. And it's not because I'm choked up at what happened. To Djokovic, I just had something go down the wrong pipe. But anyway, Novak Djokovic, as by now I'm sure you probably know, was defaulted from the U.S. Open, which is disqualified, which is kicked out, which is summarily sent home. After he flicked a ball in anger and it hit a line judge directly in the throat. He hit the line judge in the throat. I'm sure you've seen it by now. And the decision was made to follow the rule, the rule is this was a reckless act, of which no one can argue with. It was a stupid act. No one can argue with that either. And he is certainly deserving of what happened to him. So I'm not in any way going to sit here and tell you today that it was unfair to Novak Djokovic, the decision that was made. He deserved what happened. <clears throat> because he's been around long enough to know that's just an incredibly stupid thing to do. So I'm not saying what I'm about to say in defense of him. I'm saying what I'm about to say in defense of the U.S. Open, which is an event that's going on this year already without fans. The U.S. Open is the most quintessentially New York sports event there is. People who don't care the least bit about tennis go to the U.S. Open because it is a place to see and be seen. And it becomes the event in New York City at the end of the summer, every year. Not having those fans there diminishes it more than any other sport is diminished by not having fans. If you're like me, when you're watching the NBA playoff games, half the time you forget there aren't even people there. It hardly matters. In the tennis, it matters. So the event is already greatly diminished. They are also, because of a variety of circumstances, playing without Roger uh, Federer and Rafa Nadal, Nadal decided not to come. Federer is hurt. So they need all the star power they can get. 
They basically had Serena and Djokovic coming into this. Anyway, what I'm about to say, I say not in defense of Djokovic, but I say in defense of the event. If there was any way around making that decision, they should have done it. And that is not to say that it was wrong. But it is not unreasonable in the same way that superstars get calls in the NBA and the NFL and Major League Baseball and other things to say this is the man in the draw that basically everyone wants to see. To take him out if there was any conceivable option, any option at all, I think is a mistake. Again, I understand why you do it. And I think in normal circumstances, which these are most certainly not, you just do it and you don't even think about it. But I think this year you have to think about it. And maybe they did. And maybe they got it right. I'm not sitting here being critical of the decision. That would be unfair. You can never criticize people for following the rules. But sometimes... These things can be an art more than a science. Some rules are meant to be interpreted. Everything is not math. Two plus two is four. That's not debatable. Hitting a tennis ball recklessly is somewhat debatable. The fact that it hit the woman in the throat is horrible. And thank goodness that she was not seriously hurt. I'll just say again, if there was any other decision that could have been made... I would have considered it. With that, again, I will say I am very, very grateful to have been back here in this place again today. And I will be here with you every day for the foreseeable future because I'm having too much fun to consider anything else. See you tomorrow. I'm Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.